Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Paul, you and I shared a life-altering trip together during the Muslim-Christian conflict on Ambon Island in Indonesia back in November 2001, just a few weeks after the 9-11 attack on the World Trade Center in New York City. I remember it well. Christians and Muslims have lived peacefully side by side on the Maluku Islands for over 300 years. One day, ships came into the main Ambon Island harbor with a few thousand Islamic Jihad warriors. They disembarked with their artillery, armored vehicles, rocket-propelled grenades, and automatic weapons. The local police only had small sidearms and against such force were virtually unarmed. Many police fled to protect their lives. Then the jihad warriors began attacking the churches and homes of Christians. Thousands of Indonesians died and over 200,000 refugees were displaced across the islands. More than 200 churches were destroyed, over 14,000 houses demolished, and some 100 schools burned down. Some feared that Christians in the Malaku were on the brink of extinction. Using reports from Amban Island as a case study, let's review the ways Christians on Amban Island did respond to violent persecution and compare it to how Christians could respond when it comes to our region. In our Standing Strong Through the Storm seminars, we teach that our response to any form of opposition, disinformation, injustice, or mistreatment is to be guided by the Holy Spirit, based on what is taught in the Bible. Pressure and persecution may come from what we title the five sources of pressure and persecution. It may come from rulers, relatives, religious leaders, rich merchants, and rowdies or mobs. We also have what we call the five ways to respond to pressure and persecution. Five R's. Rejoice, run, remain, report, and resist. First is rejoice, which for most of us is totally counterintuitive. We need to live a biblical model of love and shalom while responding to those who disagree. Our focus is to live in harmony rather than having unity on every issue. 1 Peter 4, 12-14 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. To rejoice is one way to respond to pressure and persecution. But when the violence becomes severe and life-threatening, a second response is to run. Matthew 2, 13-14 tells us, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus fled to Egypt before Herod killed all the baby boys two years old and younger in Bethlehem. And this is what many Ambanese did. One of their first responses to violence was to run, flee to another island or city or country, or even flee to a safer place on the same country. 
Some sources estimate that close to 75% of the Christians in Ambon Island either fled off the island, ran to a refugee center near a military base on the island, or just ran and hid in the jungle. This is precisely what the Islamic Jihad fighters were aiming for, the departure or the extermination of the Christian community from Ambon. Boldly, the jihadists declared they would not stop until all the Christians were forced off the island. Unfortunately, some pastors, the spiritual shepherds of the flock, were the first to flee, and many of their sheep ran away with them. When violent persecution comes, it appears one of our first decisions is do we run or do we remain? Remain is also a biblical option. In Luke 22:41, Jesus saw the mob approaching him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew they were coming to arrest him and crucify him, but he did not run. He remained and endured the persecution of the cross. Those who choose to remain now have to make more choices. Do they report their persecutors to a higher authority like the Apostle Paul did in Acts 22 when he said, I am a Roman citizen, I appeal to Caesar? Or do they resist their persecutors by practicing aggressive love and showing love to their enemies, whoever those enemies may be, just as Jesus taught his disciples to do in Luke 6, 27-37? I recall a meeting of Christian leaders we hosted in Langley, British Columbia to discuss principles for Christians on how to respond to persecution when it comes to Canada. Run or remain is also their first decision. But whether we run or remain, our goal is the same, to remain true to Jesus Christ until we see him face to face. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. For a copy of How Will You Respond to Persecution, contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. The Bible offers three nonviolent responses to persecution. Run for safety, what Mary and Joseph did. Remain and endure, what Jesus did as well as the Apostle Stephen and report to authorities what the Apostle Paul did when he appealed to Caesar. But as we discovered, Pablo, some of those who remained behind on Ambon Island decided to retaliate. Was it right for the Ambonese Christians to resort to arms and kill Muslims? Rather than passing judgment on a complicated situation, let's agree that a cycle of revenge, a tit-for-tat retaliation process, only perpetuates violence. One pastor from the mainline church said, While our leadership did not support the taking up of arms, we were also not denouncing the use of arms. The believer's response was a spontaneous reaction. Most do not know how to react to such situations. They will not think twice to defend themselves with weapons that kill. If they didn't defend themselves, many more would have died because the Christians are so much despised by the Muslims. Asked what precautions they were taking, a pastor replied, First, we pray. Secondly, we watch. And third, if the attack still happens, the people are prepared to fight. We have nowhere else to go. We are tired of running. 
We will defend our homes and buildings with our lives, said the leader of an unofficial Christian soldier, a group of young men who vowed to prevent the Muslims from making further incursions into the Christian areas of Ambon City. Estimates of the number of people killed on Ambon go as high as 5,000. It appears after 300 years of Christianity, many on Ambon were now only Christian in their traditions and heritage, not in their responses to violent persecution. Even more regrettably, some recanted, denied their faith in Jesus Christ, and became Muslims to avoid being martyred and others spiritually capitulated in the face of persecution. They exchanged their faith in Christ and returned to their animist heritage. For example, in northern Maluku, when 80 pastors from a major denomination fled the area and deserted their flock, the members who were left behind sought help from a witch doctor. They then went into battle against armed Muslims, believing the bullets could not harm them. Jim, let's review for a moment. When violent persecution came to Ambon after some 300 years of peace, some ran, some remained, some reported to authorities, but some resisted and some retaliated. What principles do we see here for Christians currently enjoying freedom and liberty? The Bible teaches a lot concerning suffering and persecution. It is part of the way of the cross compared to the way of the culture. The history of the early Christians in Rome reminds us that even if the situation deteriorates, like what happened in Indonesia, the Church of Jesus Christ can and will still flourish, even in the midst of harsh situations. There is no shortcut to holy living. A life lived fully for the Lord is the best guarantee that we will be victorious in times of crisis and exhibit a right attitude towards persecution and suffering. Many of the Christians on Ambon, as in other regions of persecution, were filled with fear for the future. It is a natural response when one's life is being threatened and hope is diminishing. Christians in regions of persecution need encouragement to be salt and light in the community. It's hard during a time of personal loss and suffering to think of how to be a model to our neighbors of a citizen who loves God, loves his country, and loves his neighbors. When Christ's love is exhibited in the community, it can actually reduce conflict with neighbors and leaders with contrary views. We only have one enemy, Satan. No human is our enemy. Everyone needs to know Jesus Christ and that God is and God exists. Whether we believe in him or not fails to negate his existence. It is regrettable that many Christians take one of two extreme reactions when violence grips their area. One reaction is to strike back in retaliatory violence. The other reaction is that of total resignation, simply doing nothing. We can be on the offensive, waging peace, not with guns, but with the love of Jesus. As Christian men, we need encouragement to stand firm and stand together in unity and to come to the aid of our fellow believers who have been victims of persecution. When Christians are under attack spiritually and threatened with eradication of their belief that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father God except through Him, they tend to respond according to their theological position, their level of spiritual maturity, and their readiness of heart. Whatever happens, we must learn how to forgive. 
Like one said, how can individuals survive during difficult days if they've never learned to forgive and grow spiritually in the good time? We need men to have boldness, wisdom, and perseverance. Who would you compare us to today in the Bible? Are we like Moses standing in King Pharaoh's court with his mighty army? Are we like Elijah being challenged by 850 prophets on Mount Carmel? Are we like Daniel living as a captive in pagan Babylon? Are we like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and defying the order of the king? Are we like Paul living in Rome? Or God forbid, are we like Lot living in the debauchery of Sodom and Gomorrah? We pray that God will give us courage and wisdom when persecution comes to respond biblically. Notice we are not saying if persecution comes, but rather when it comes. There you have it, men. Request your copy of How to Respond to Persecution at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.